2 Corinthians chapter 2. This first message is about Satan and about all of his devices, uh, his schemes, his wiles. And uh, we see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, this, this opening verse. It's a very short verse. It says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The name of our message, our first study, is Know What Satan's Up To. He is a schemer. He's a plotter. He wants to tear us down. He's a roaring lion who wants to devour us. He's, he's uh, an enemy of God in every way. And so we need to know what Satan's up to. If we're going to have a victorious Christian life, which is our third message of victory in Christ, uh, is our third message, which is also topical. I'm a uh, topical and expository preacher both. Uh, I do both styles. This message is topical in nature, meaning it's just about Satan and goes to a lot of different verses. My second message is more of an exposition of, of, of a, a chapter in 1 Corinthians. And then the last message will also be topical. So we'll be doing a lot of turning uh, in this message. So be turning in your Bibles, please. In fact, would you turn back to Genesis chapter 3? Genesis chapter 3. What are his devices? If you look at the screen, a device is an evil purpose. The wiles of the devil are his craftiness, his trickery. Uh, it talks about the snares of the devil in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So Satan wants to set a trap for us. He always is trying to deceive us. He's trying to trick us. He has his evil purposes, his devices. So we're going to be looking at several of Satan's devices. This is not... Uh, maybe a thorough message. I'm trying to be as thorough as possible. There's quite a few points to this. So we're looking at a lot of different Bible verses. But I trust it will be a help and a blessing to you as we learn more about how to identify and fight the devil's devices. Number one, number one in your notes, he attempts to get us to doubt God and his word. Jesus Christ is the author of and finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Satan is the opposite. Satan is the author of doubt. He's the author of, of everything to get you to doubt God and to question God. And we start off right here in chapter 3 of, of Genesis, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto woman, unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Notice his, the very first question in the Bible was directed from Satan. Satan was the first one to ask a question. He was the first one to make us question God. And uh, no, questions are, are, are good. We ask questions all the time. You ask for directions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. But um, here we see that there is a question against God himself. He was trying to attempt to get Eve to doubt God and his word. And she did doubt. He was successful in his attempt to get her to doubt. And Eve was the first one that fell. And then, then, Eve, then Adam fell next along with her. But she was the first one to fall for Satan's doubting question. Hath God said? Hath God said? 
Notice in your notes there, uh, he, throws darts, he throws darts of doubt at our faith. He says, is God true? Is, 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 uh, is God good? He wouldn't, he wouldn't let this happen to you if God was good. Is God true? Are you sure you want to believe all this religious stuff that it's, your preacher is telling you about? Uh, is, is God really there? We can't see him. He's invisible. How do you know there's a, a, a real God? Uh, is God trustworthy? Can God, can God be trusted? Can he, he can't possibly keep all of those promises in the Bible, can he? And so Satan is out there to make us to doubt God and his word all the time. And uh, he's being successful with a lot of people, by the way. A lot of people are turning from God and turning to their, their old ways. Secondly, number two, we'll keep moving here. We have a lot to cover in just the short time we have together. He endeavors to deceive us with his lies. Right here also in the third chapter of Genesis, he tries to deceive us with his lies. He is a liar. Just always mark that down. He's always lying to you, never tells the truth. He doesn't know how to tell the truth, by the way. He couldn't tell the truth of his life dependent on it. But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4 it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He endeavors to deceive us with his lies, number two. He calls God a liar. He, call, he, he makes Eve question God. He's, he's calling God's veracity into, into question. Aren't you thankful that it's impossible for God to lie? Amen. It says that in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. It's impossible for God to lie. In John chapter 8 verse 44, it says about Satan. Here are the, the verses on the screen. It says, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he's the liar and the father of it. He's the father of all lies. So just don't ever question God, but always question when Satan comes to you because he's always throwing a lie your direction. He always is trying to deceive you. In the book of Acts, chapter 5 and verse 3, is the story of Ananias and Sapphira, how they uh, were killed by God. And it says, and, and, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? So Satan not only is a liar, but he fills our hearts with lies. So uh, lies come from Satan, and, and we need to be very careful to always be telling the truth. In uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 20, this, this is a great verse. I love this verse. It says, And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night for and ever. Aren't you, aren't you glad that Satan's going to be in hell someday forever and ever? Uh, the, the deceiver, the, the one who always is deceiving us is going to be in hell forever and ever. Revelation 20 and verse 10. Number three, also in Genesis chapter three, Look at verse 5 and 6. Verse 5 and 6. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the, when, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband 
with her and he did eat. Number three, he plots to draw us away with enticement. He plots to draw us away from God with enticement. Uh, He lured Eve with the prospect of being a goddess. Uh, You'll be as God, knowing good and evil, if if you'll take of this fruit. He, He made the fruit very alluring and very desirable. By the way, there's three temptations. We don't have to turn to this passage, but very, very well-known scripture in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. It says there the, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you'll notice, those three things are in this passage of scripture that we just read in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Uh, verse, uh, and verse 6, rather. And it says, it was pleasant to the eyes, desired to make one wise, to the fruit he took thereof and did eat. So Satan is out to deceive us, he's out to trick us, he's out to draw us away with, with all kinds of enticements. But we need to understand that Jesus Christ is there and he's stronger, he's stronger than, than our, our enemy, the devil. Amen? He's much stronger than Satan. Uh, Flip Wilson was a uh, black comedian years ago and he had a little saying that the devil made me do it. Uh, the devil doesn't make you do anything, folks. The devil doesn't make you do anything. He's there, to, he's there to deceive us. He's there to entice us and draw us away and all those things. But when we sin, it's our fault. We can't blame anybody but ourselves, because uh, we have a free will and we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But it says here in, in James chapter 1, I love these verses. It says that, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. So we are drawn away of our own lust and enticed. Satan, we can't blame it on Satan. He does draw us away. He does work to, to deceive us. He does work to mess us up in life. But when it comes to the fault, it's we have to lay the fault at our own door because we sin on our own free will. Now let's turn our New Testament, please, to John chapter 10. Would you turn to John chapter 10 in the New Testament? I use alliteration, which is points starting with the same letter of the alphabet. I'm using the letter D here. So he attempts to get us to doubt God. And his word, he attempts to, he endeavors to deceive us with his lies. Three, he plots to draw us away with enticement. Number four, I had to work for this D. I had to work for this D. He, he strives to despoil us uh, of all that God gives to us. The word despoil means to rob or to, to, to steal. He is a thief. John chapter 10 and verse 10. If you'll look there with me, please. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life that they might have it more abundantly. This chapter is the Good Shepherd chapter. It talks about Jesus being the Good Shepherd. We're his sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. Nobody can pluck us out of his hand. Praise God. Uh, we, are, we have eternal security in Christ. Verse 28 and 29. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no one's able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So this is a great chapter. John chapter 10. Wish I had time to preach from a chapter, but it's a, it's a wonderful passage of scripture. Notice here that Jesus Christ is, is uh, the one who is there to give us all that we need. 
He's there. He's our giver. Satan is the taker. He's a, he's a thief. He's a liar and he's also a thief. Uh, but we, we, we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our, as our friend and he's there to help us through every situation in life, including the temptations that we face. A couple of verses here before we move on. In Mark chapter 4, verse 15, it says, These are they that, that are by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they heard it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Satan wants to steal away what God gives. Uh, in church services we're going to be having here today, this, this service, the next two services, Satan is there to try to grab your attention away from what's being preached. He's there to, to steal God's word from your heart. He's a thief. He's a liar and he's a thief. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is a giver? He's always giving to us, but Satan's always trying to take from us. And uh, I just feel so, so badly for people that don't know Jesus Christ because they don't know what they're missing without the Lord Jesus. Amen? He's there as our friend. He's there as our companion, our giver. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful Savior that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He strives, he strives to despoil all that God wants to give to us. If you're truly born again, you can't be robbed of your salvation. Amen? Salvation cannot be taken from you. If you're truly saved, it can't be stolen from you. But, but Satan can really mess up people's lives. Uh, I've been around the block a few times. I was a pastor in New York City for 12 years. In fact, next week I have the joy of leaving, be leaving uh, 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 Brother Mike's home here this, after, this afternoon and appreciate Mike and his wife keeping, keeping us at their home and enjoyed their fellowship very much. But I'll be leaving after the afternoon service to go up to Maryland to my daughter's house and spending part of tomorrow there. And then Monday afternoon, I'm going up to New York City. I'll be there through the next Monday. And uh, we have a summer team called NYSET, New York Summer Evangelism Team. We started in 2002. We've had 14, 14 years of that. We've had over 70 young people on our teams. About 72 have gone to the city. And we have several that are, are uh, there in New York City full-time because of our summer team. Uh, there's a young man that I'll be with this week. He's just taken a church in Queens that uh, was a, an older building. It's probably been around for, for years. But it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful structure. It's a little longer than this. has a balcony. It seats about 300 people. And uh, the, the pastor's leaving, and he was given that, he's basically given that church to, to, to come and be the pastor of. He had a little small church. They, they've combined their churches, so I'll be there this coming week with him. And I've got a whole carload of paint. I'm taking paint and brushes and rollers, and I'm going to be painting some classrooms at his church this week. And then, and then next Sunday, a week from today, I'll be at the church I planted back in 1974. And so I have the joy of preaching there next Sunday, and I'm looking forward to that very much. But... Uh, I don't know how I got off on that subject, but let me get back to where we were, okay? Number five, let's go to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. We were there just a moment ago, but now look at another verse, John 10 and verse 10. Number five, he seeks to destroy us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In every area of your life, Satan is out there to destroy you, to mess you up as much as he can. And in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Until Christ delivered him, the maniac of Gadara, this next picture, shows you the maniac clothed. Uh, it says in Mark chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 8 that this man wore no clothes. Uh, the maniac of Gadara was possessed with a legion of demons. He was naked. He was in the cemetery. He screamed out uh, with, with all these demonic voices all the time. People were afraid of him. He uh, had left his home. His family had rejected him. And uh, he was driven by the devil into the wilderness. And there in your notes that you have that uh, this is an outline of mine from years ago. He was driven by the devil to insanity. He was driven by the devil to indecency. He wore no clothes. He was driven by the devil to injury. He cut himself with stones. He took these, these big stones, sharp stones, and just cut himself all over with these stones. He was driven by the devil to infamy. He was, he was, very, he was not famous. He was infamous. He was hated. He was despised. This guy is nuts. He's crazy. He's up there in the cemetery. He's screaming his lungs out. He's demon-possessed. Stay away from that guy. But when Jesus Christ came to the shore of the Sea of Galilee, this man was changed. He, he changed completely. Jesus Christ cast the demons out of him. He clothed him. He was in his right mind. And uh, the people were afraid, but praise God for this wonderful change that took place in his life. But Satan wants to destroy us, folks. He wants to destroy us physically, mentally, spiritually, every way that he possibly can. But Jesus came to give us life, and we might have that life more abundantly. And so uh, we, we have quite a con contrast between Satan and Jesus Christ. Always remember that Jesus Christ is your friend. He's, your, he's the friend of sinners. He's the friend of the Christian. He wants to do always what's best for you. He has always your good in mind. He never has your evil in mind. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen? And uh, we've seen that over and over in our lives. Satan would like to get control of our lives. He would love to gain control of our minds. He liked to get us depressed like Elijah in the book of 1 Kings 19. Elijah sat under the juniper tree. He just was despairing of life. He just wanted to die. But there were 7,000 that had not bowed their knee to Baal. He wants to keep us from serving God. I think of, I think of Peter. I think of Simon Peter. It says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not and when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And so... Even though we go as far as Peter went, Peter denied the Lord three times. Yet God always drew him back and called him back to his side and forgave him. And Peter went on to be the, one of the pillars of the early church. Not the first pope, but the, one of the pillars uh, of, the, of the early church. And it was a, a strong Christian man. Praise God for him. Number six. That was the verse that I just read from, uh, from Luke chapter 8. They went out to see what was done. They came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Praise God for this story. I love, I love the story of the maniac Gadara. And uh, if, if God can change a maniac, he can, he can change us. Amen? He can change us. Number six. 
He attempts to disguise himself so he doesn't look so bad. Take your Bible to 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 2. 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 11th chapter. Can't even read my own writing. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. Start at verse 13 to get the context. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel. In other words, don't be surprised, for Satan himself is just transformed into an angel of light. Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light. He attempts to, number six, he attempts to disguise himself so that he doesn't look so bad. Satan doesn't want to uh, appear as a, a pitchfork with horns and the, the, the evil pictures that we see of Satan, artist depictions of him. Uh, we don't know what Satan looks like. We know he's a fallen angel and uh, he was Lucifer in heaven. Isaiah chapter 14 talks about his fall from heaven and how he was, a, he was a, one of the archangels in heaven. He was a leader of probably the worship services in heaven. That's why uh, there's so much false worship in our, in our world today because Satan is in charge of a lot of worship that's going on in, in churches that aren't preaching the Bible. But um, Satan disguises himself. He imitates all false doctrine. All, all the cults out there, Joe Witnesses and Mormonism and all these, false, all these false religions, they look so good on the outside. Anybody ever been to Salt Lake City? Raise your hand if you've been to Salt Lake City. Have you seen the Mormon, the Mormon church, the, 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 the tabernacle, the display? Uh, I mean, their, their artwork, the, 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 the artwork on the walls is beautiful. Everything is just looks, looks so great, looks so Christian. But when you get down and underneath what they believe... They believe that Jesus Christ and Satan are brothers. Uh, they, they believe that, that we, were, we were just, uh, that God was a man and became God. Uh, that he, he was just a man and became a God. And if you, if you live a good Mormon life and are baptized as a Mormon in their tabernacle, you can become another God in another day and, and you, you can populate, you can have a, a harem in heaven and you can populate another world with, with, your, with your spirit babies that you produce by this harem you have in heaven. I mean, what they believe, folks, is really out there. It's really weird, really strange and really evil. But it looks good on the outside. It looks, looks good on the outside. I have... I have some relatives, they're distant relatives of mine, but they're like second or third cousins, but I have some cousins who are Mormons, and it breaks my heart, because it's a very false religion. But marvel not, Satan is a master of counterfeiting and imitating. Satan's workers can imitate the miraculous. In the book of, of uh, Exodus, when the Pharaoh's evil magicians did those, did those works that Moses was doing, they were, they were copying what Moses could do. So uh, Satan attempts to look like an angel of light, but in reality he's a dragon and the old serpent. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 2, he's a, he's a dragon, he's a serpent, he's evil. Never forget that Satan is evil, folks. He's evil, evil, evil. And uh, he always wants to destroy us. He wants to, to, to mess our lives up. He wants to get us away from God. He wants us to doubt God. And so just always be on the alert for who Satan is. Because he is a false, false God.
So many people are falling for his tricks, but may we not fall for his tricks. Satan has uh, his ministers. Uh, if you look closely at this picture, you have to kind of look closely. I, li I like this picture. It has, a, uh, it has a wolf in sheep's clothing. You see the wolf's head there? See that? Uh, I think this is a pointer. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Got it? And uh, that's, that's what Satan is, folks. He's, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He comes, he comes as, oh, he's, he's all innocent, he's just this little lamb, you know, but no, he's this ravenous wolf that wants to destroy your life, wants to mess you up big time, wants to take everything that God gives you and, and steal from you and take away from all the blessings of God in your life. Uh, I, I could tell you stories of uh, what's happened to, to people that I know, including my own father-in-law. Uh, I won't take the time to tell it, but it's a tragic story of a, of a man who was married for years and years, was a pastor, and uh, he's with a, a second woman now. My, my mother-in-law lives at our house, and uh, she, she's a faithful Christian lady, a, a wonderful lady, 89 years old. But years ago, he, 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 he left his wife for a woman younger than my wife, younger than his daughter. And uh, it's just so sad to see what Satan does to people's lives. But aren't you glad that we have a Savior that loves us and who, who cares for us and wants us to stay close to him? And just, just realize that Satan's a false apostle. He's a deceitful worker. He transforms himself into, this, into the apostles of Christ. He tries to always make himself look good, but he's an evil imitator. And uh, pastors need to take heed to their flocks. Because there's many ravenous wolves. It says there in Acts 20, verse 29, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And so we need to be very careful in these last days. Number seven and last. And I guess I'm, I guess I'm finishing early. You get a little break here, okay? I'm going, I guess, maybe too fast. But number seven, he stalks us to... And, devour us and ruin our testimonies. Lions uh, consume, do you realize that an adult male lion can eat 40 pounds of meat a day? 40 pounds, not ounces, but 40 pounds of meat a day. That's 160 quarter pounders from McDonald's. And he probably could finish up the fries and the, and the Cokes too. Uh, I mean, those, those guys, can, they can pack it away. They can eat like crazy. And it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, by the way, he is your enemy. Satan is your enemy. He's an adversary. The devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to eat you up. He wants to spit you out. He wants to just destroy your life. And uh, he's out to attack you in every way possible. So you've got to be very vigilant. You've got, to be, you've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. You have to realize that Satan is out to destroy your life. And you must be always looking out for him. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to James chapter 4, verse 7, please. James 4, 7. It's a great verse as we close. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. Instead of us running from Satan, he'll run from us. He, he, is, he is a roaring lion, but his, Jesus Christ has pulled his teeth out. Uh, Jesus Christ is the lion. This next picture, I love this, this last picture. He's our, he's our mighty lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, it says in the book of Revelation. So Jesus Christ is that mighty lion, and Satan is a roaring lion, but I think, I think Jesus has taken his teeth out because he's not all-powerful like Jesus is. Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's that meek lamb of God, but he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we have a mighty Savior who can overcome Satan. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Look at your notes, if you will. Take out your, uh, your booklet that you have. And since I have a few minutes left, I won't take the whole time. We'll give you out, get you out a little earlier, okay? But uh, I'd like you to flip to the very back of this booklet. <coughs> I guess I was going a little fast there this morning. That's okay. Get you out a little earlier. But notice this, belt, this alphabet on the back. This is from a book that I've got. It's a 220-page book. This is just a two-page summary of one of the chapters. There's four chapters. The alphabet of uh, salvation, the alphabet of uh, assurance of salvation, the alphabet of overcoming temptation, and the alphabet of growing in Christ. So this is just one of those four alphabets in my book. But notice, uh, I'll just read to you a few of the points, okay? I won't, I won't read the Bible reference, I'll just read the points. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Beware of the company you keep. Burn your source of sin. I've doubled several, several letters, so there's 32 ways of overcoming temptation here. Burn your source of sin. Consent not when sinners entice you. Control your body and keep it in subjection. Dedicate your body as a living sacrifice. Depend upon God. Despise sin. Learn to hate it. Esteem the reproach of Christ greater than the pleasures and treasures of this world. Flee youthful lust. Run away from sin. Grow daily in grace. Hide God's word in your heart. Imitate Jesus Christ and not the world. Join a good Bible preaching, Christ-honoring church like this one and attend it faithfully. Know the devil's devices to be constantly on the alert for his snares. Look not on any evil thing. Love not the world. Mourn over your sin and forsake it. Nourish your new man in God's word by building up your faith on your most holy faith. Letter O, overcome the world by seeking more faith. Turn the page, please. On the back cover, we see the rest of the alphabet. Pray for God to keep you from temptation. Put on the whole armor of God. Quit placing yourself in the path of strong temptation. Remember that God sees everything you do. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Think on things that will keep you from evil. Uphold another brother in prayer as he prays for you. Visualize the Lord's eminent appearing to gather his church. This will keep you pure. Walk in the spirit. With the, with the X, I have to cheat, folks. I have to cheat with the X. <laughs> Exercise your spiritual muscles with godly constructive activities. I, I think the only, the only X word is Xerox. You know, Xerox, that doesn't seem to fit here. Uh, then yield, yield your members to God. And zoom ahead, looking forward to what God has for you while forgetting your past. 32 ways, folks. 32 ways of overcoming temptation. So you don't have to sin, do you? 
You don't have to sin. You, you sin because you choose to sin. You choose because you fall into sin. You choose because you're not strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not putting on the whole armor of God. So I trust that that will be a help to you. And uh, I'm thankful to be with you today. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for this time that we've had in your word. Lord, it's a privilege and honor to stand here in this pulpit where Pastor Wood normally is. We thank you for him and his wonderful wife and their family. We thank you, God, for their uh, godly children and offspring that are serving you here. We ask you, Lord, to bless the, the next service to come in just a few minutes. Thank you that we can have a break and be with this uh, morning service. That would be a, a blessing and an inspiration to our hearts as we see that we need to really stay close to our Savior in this evil day. Thank you, Lord, for the afternoon message on victory in Christ, how we can have victory in Jesus. And uh, he can be the one who, who gives us the power to overcome sin and temptation in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this good church. Bless, bless everyone that's here this morning. And Father, if there's, be, if there's anyone here today without Christ, may they be saved before they leave. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're dismissed. <laughs>